0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Friday, November the 19th. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Each and every day that you tune in is a joy, Thanks for doing so today. I am Lucas Smith, the host of the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter. You can find that handle right here on the YouTube channel. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or the YouTube channel, thanks for tuning in for this wonderful Friday. We're talking about the All-MLB team today, finishing up or continuing that conversation, I should say. Talked about first and second base yesterday. On this episode, we're talking uh, second, or excuse me, talking about shortstop and third base, including Nolan Arenado. And then we'll finish up a little... An episode that will be posted a little bit later on this Friday. Uh, We'll talk about catchers, pitching, and outfield as well. Uh, So lots of good stuff today. Bonus episode coming out today on Friday the 19th. So thanks for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. The All-MLB team. uh, The voting finishes up at 5 o'clock Central Time today. for that vote. I'm sorry, 4 o'clock Central time, 5 Eastern, so 4 Central is the time to get your votes in. If you missed the show yesterday, talked a lot about Paul Goldschmidt and whether or not he should be selected for um, the All MLB team, but it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that really got the nod at first base for my picking, and then his teammate Marcus Simeon got the nod at second base um, just because of his dominance. He's an MVP finalist. Uh, there are seven Uh, Third base finalists and 10 shortstop finalists, excuse me. We're going to start at third base. We're going to skip over shortstop just a moment because I want to get to Nolan Arenado first and foremost in his positioning. The third base finalists are as followed. Nolan Arenado, Rafael Devers, Manny Machado, Yohan Moncada, Jose Ramirez, Austin Riley, and Justin Turner. And again, when you're voting, you get one vote for each of these positions Um, So it's a very selective group, um, especially when you look at, like I mentioned, shortstop having 10, third base, a little bit less with with seven, but they have some exceptional options. Just looking at the basic stat line for each of these players, Nolan hit 255, 34 home runs, 105 runs driven in. Devers, 279, 38 home runs, 113 driven in. Mancata 263 the average, 14 bombs, 61 RBI. Machado, 28 home runs, 106 RBI with a 278 batting average. Jose Ramirez, 266, 36 home runs, 103 runs driven in. Austin Riley with the NLCS heroics in the postseason had a 303 regular season clip with 33 home runs, 107 driven in. And Justin Turner to finish it up, 27 bombs, 87 runs driven in, and a 278 batting average. Nolan Arnato stacks up pretty well when you look at the, the rest of this competition. Um, O- OPS plus a little bit lower at 121, but, but the home runs at 34 um, is right up there, just behind Jose Ramirez. Rafael Devers has 38, um, so he's third on that list in home runs. He drove in 105 RBIs, which is big. Um, Manny Machado, Rafael Devers each had more than him, um, as well as Austin Riley by three. So when you're looking at Nolan Arenado and whether or not he should be voted for this award or voted on this team or not, I guess I should say, um, the, the numbers don't necessarily jump out at you. Not like I mentioned, kind of, kind of like Paul Goldschmidt, exceptional numbers, really solid season, but they're going up against the best of the best in, in their position. Uh, they, they, there's no question about that. So was it the best of the best to be on the all-MLB team? I'm going to make a case for Nolan Arenado right here, right now. Uh, I think that Nolan Arenado, his case is a little bit better to make Uh, Because not only do you have the the offensive numbers, but you also have to take into account defense. Because this man won the Gold Glove this season, as well as the Platinum Glove, and was on the Team Gold Glove Award. The Cardinals winning that award, Rawlings Team Gold Glove Award. So he's already got the defensive metrics locked up. So you have to say that that gives him a huge advantage over the rest of these fielders rest of these players not to say that they're not bad fielders Manny Machado can pick them with the best of them um, you have some solid fielders on this team but nobody fields the baseball especially at the third base position like Nolan Arenado does all MLB does not just mean offensive numbers yes the offensive numbers are what you look at that yes they are there they're probably the most prominent but defense Matters. Nolan Arenado won the gold glove for a reason. He won the platinum glove for a reason. He was on the team that won the team gold glove award for a reason. Because he's the best fielding third baseman in the National League. Period. Stats back that up. Metrics back that up. Pedigree backs that up. And his award shelf backs that up as well. Nine straight gold gloves to start his career. Another platinum glove was added on this season. That alone has to elevate him, make him the front-runner with, without even taking into account too much of the offensive st- st- statistics. Excuse me. But then when you bring in the offensive statistics, as I mentioned, 255 the batting average, a little a little low there. Um, when, when you're looking at these players, that was actually the lowest, so I understand that. But 34 home runs, 105 runs driven in. He walked 50 times. He had an on-base percentage of 312. That's not incredibly fantastic, but the 494 slugging stands right there with the rest of them. Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez had higher ones uh, as well as Austin Riley. So the offensive numbers aren't quite there on par. They're, 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 they're probably a little bit lower. Or I guess if you're going by golf terms, a little bit higher. When you Because par, you would want to be lower than par. That saying has never really made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> subpar, below par because subpar in golf is really good, but that's a conversation and a discussion for a different time so the offense, offensive numbers I'll, I'll admit aren't quite there but as i mentioned all mlb means you're getting complete players on this team you have to have everything you have to be able to do it all are not a run no but he can hit he can field he can hit for power and he can throw he's a four tool player minimum his base running Again, leaves a lot to be desired, but when you're hitting three or four home runs, making fantastic plays on the defensive end, it's okay if you only swipe two, three, four backs. (laughs) But with Nolan Arenado, the, the defense is what separates him from the rest of the pack. Nobody can play defense. Nobody can play defense like Nolan Arenado can, especially when you limit that to third base. Nobody can play defense at third base like Nolan Arenado. And to me, that is what elevates him above the rest of these candidates. The offensive numbers definitely bring a benefit. I mean, Austin Riley had the best offensive season out of any of these. Uh, 303 was the highest batting average. 33 home runs, you know, he had players with more than that. Drove in 107, that's second most among these third basemen. And 898 OPS is the highest because of that incredible slugging percentage. Um, Austin Riley, 33 home runs, 33 doubles as well. Mixing a triple in there, that 531 slugging is by far... Um excuse me is is second I'm sorry. Um but the 33 doubles is, is second or third as well. Excuse me Nolan Arcano having 34 doubles as well. So 33 home run season for Austin Riley. But Riley in my opinion still had the best offensive season when you're looking at the numbers. Uh his, his on-base percentage of 367 is remarkable especially for this group. Uh, that 367 is the second highest but just behind Yoan Moncada. Um, Yohan Mankata did not play, uh, you, you only played 144 games, 14 home runs, 61 driven in, 33 doubles, which is still impressive. Uh, but, but Austin Riley, I think definitely, You if, I think Austin Riley has a good shot of getting this as being the, the third baseman named to this team or being the top third baseman vote getter. But again, it's the defense of Nolan Arenado to me that elevates it to another level. And that is why you could call me biased for being somebody who watches the Cardinals every day. You could call me biased for somebody who covers the Cardinals, and I understand that. And that, that that's a fine, fine thing. You know, I under, I get it. But also, I do think that there is a legit, um, there there is a legit argument to be had of Nolan Arenado winning this award. He's already got the Gold Glove. He's already got the, um, the, the Platinum Glove. As I mentioned, you, you just can't ignore that uh, when when you're looking at the All MLB team. You, you 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 just simply can't, uh, and the Silver Slugger award also you know probably has something to, to go with it too. When when people are looking at, at voting, uh, the third base winner for for that was Austin Riley as well. So that that probably that bodes well for Austin Riley. But I think that the difference between the offensive numbers of Austin Riley and the, and the rest of the third baseman is not as high as the difference between the fielding of Nolan Arenado and the rest of the third baseman, if that makes any sense. So because of Nolan, Arno, Nolan Arenado's impeccable defense, the fact that he's won Gold Glove and won the Platinum Glove as well, as well as being on the team that had the team Gold Glove Award winner, to me, I can understand why you want to say Austin Riley, maybe somebody else, but to me, those two things elevate – Nolan Arenado enough to get my vote for the All-MLB team. Nolan Arenado is my vote for the third base All-MLB team. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. Put a comment on this YouTube video. Uh, Respond to a tweet at LJFastball. DM at LJFastball. DM the show at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter or Instagram. As well as you can email the show anytime at lockedoncards at gmail.com. Nolan Arenado gets my vote for the All-MLB team at third base because of the Solid offensive numbers as well as the stellar, stellar defensive pedigree and defensive awards that he won this season at the third base position. That wraps it up for the third base position. We're gonna move on to shortstop next, but I'm getting a little hungry, so I'm gonna tell you about a treat that you can have that's probably gonna make you hungry too, but while I'm talking about it, you go ahead and order it. Because Thanksgiving is coming up, we're gonna get hungry. Bilt Bar is the great option for a dessert that is not full of calories and full of sugar. For something delicious, get a Bilt Bar and feel good about it, because one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. Bilt Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a built Bar. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, and they're covered 100% in chocolate. So they're healthy for you, but they're still a delicious treat. Grab a built Bar or two right now. Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough. Grab some for the family gatherings because we know they can be awkward. Instead of talking about some awkward subjects, Let's talk about Built Bar and share a Built Bar with, with your aunts and uncles. New surprises each and every month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check that site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday as well. So be sure to mark your calendar for next Friday. A week from today, Black Friday will be a huge event full of surprises. Go to Built.com right now if you can't wait. And use promo code LOCKED15, one 5 To get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code L O C K E D 1 5 for 15% off at built.com. Moving over to the shortstops now, looking at the shortstops for the All MLB team. Lots of good candidates here. Let's run through them very quickly. Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Brandon Crawford, Nicky Lopez, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Trey Turner. You you just have some phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal candidates. You have an MVP finalist in Fernando Tatis Jr., limited playing time, but still 42 bombs, 97 runs driven in, 975 the OPS. Corey Seager had a great time in limited appearances. Trey Turner turned it around for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had 28 home runs, 328 the batting average for Trey Turner. You you throw in uh, 32 stolen bases for Mr. Turner. That's a very solid mark for a shortstop. You have Tim Anderson, who's one of the best players in the game, put together a fine season, 309 the batting average. Uh, That 309 is the second highest among anybody on this list, only behind Trey Turner. Uh, who played 148 games with a 328 batting average, and just ahead of Corey Seager, who only played 94 games, 95 games, excuse me. So I talked about when I when I when I talked about the MVP candidates, talk, the MB, the MVP finalists. I mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. because he was a top three uh, vote getter and he was a finalist for the award. I mentioned that Tatis dealt with some injuries and he wasn't on the field for the entire season when he played 100. Uh, 30 games, had 546 plate appearances, only 478 at-bats. Now, in that limited playing time, he still put up monster numbers. 31 doubles, 42 home runs, um, 282 the batting average, as I mentioned. Swiped 25 bags, slugged 611. OPS plus of 166. That is by far and wide the highest among anybody on this list in terms of the all-MLB team at the shortstop position. So the question becomes... Does the missed time affect him as much for the All-MLB team as it does for the MVP race? And my answer to that is no. Is it a factor? Absolutely. That's why I didn't just immediately jump on voting for Fernando Tatis when I was thinking about this episode and prepping for it. Because the injuries still do matter. All-MLB, complete player, playing every day. How reliable is this player? I'm not saying Fernando Tatis 100% isn't reliable. But he also wasn't on the field for but you know except for 130 games. So I'll get back to Fernando Tatis, but I, I will just put that disclaimer out there that the injuries to him don't affect him don't affect him for me as much when looking at the all-MLB team. You've also got Bo Bichette, who puts together a 2020 season. He was a home run away, five stolen bases away from a 30-30 season. You had Nicky Lopez, kind of a sneaky candidate, 300 batting average, swipe 22 bags. Possible future Cardinal Trevor Story puts together... a a fine season still. Twenty-four home runs for him, swiped twenty bags, so a twenty-twenty season for the Colorado Rockies shortstop. Lot I mean the shortstop position uh, is loaded. You got the resurgence of Brandon Crawford, who had twenty-four home runs, swiped eleven bags, drove in ninety runs, two ninety-eight the batting average. Xander Bogart's had twenty-three home runs this season, two ninety-five average. Lots of good candidates. So the, the shortstop position, I'm not sure it's as stacked per se as the first base position was. Because when I was looking at the first base options, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm supposed to pick just one player. But I went with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Because even among the standouts at first base, the loaded position of first base, Fernando Guer- Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stood out among the rest. And when, when you're looking at the, at the numbers here, Fernando Tatis definitely jumps out at me. He definitely jumps out. Um, being an MVP finalist, I think that that, that has something for me that that goes into my voting, um, my voting process as well. Because he was an MVP finalist, that that means he is a top player in the baseball. I mean, even, even though he didn't get my vote, my first place vote for MVP, he 100% is um, a, a top player in baseball. There's no denying that. There's no saying he's not. He is a top player in baseball. He was a top three MVP finalist, even in a limited playing time for a reason. We just don't see numbers like that from a shortstop. 42 home runs, 97 RBIs. Can you imagine what he would have done with, with, with 550, 600 at-bats? Whew. I mean, he only had 478 at-bats this season. Imagine him getting 100 more at-bats at 42 home runs without the extra 100. Drove in 97. 42 is the most of anybody on this list. 97 is second on anybody on this list. You know who's first and run driven in? Bo Bichette, OPS plus of 123. He drove in 102, 30 doubles. He swiped 25 bags, as I mentioned earlier. So Bo Bichette is somebody that I think is, is kind of lost in the fold over there in Toronto. You've got the AL Young Award winner now, Robbie Ray. You've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's kind of stealing headlines over there as he, you know, was this highly touted prospect, one of the highest rated rated prospects of all time. He, he He's the son of a Hall of Famer. You know, Beau Bichette, in his own right, is the son of a former Major League player, Dante Bichette, who had a fine career. But I think sometimes Bichette gets overshadowed, and he, frankly, gets overshadowed in this shortstop market. You've got Tim Anderson, you've got Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Fernando Tatis Jr. Those three players, or four players, excuse me, are probably all better known than Bo They've been around a little bit longer, so I understand that. Um, but but still, Bo definitely gets overshadowed, and, and Bichette made this very difficult for me. I think Bichette was the one that made this the most difficult for me because Correa had a nice season: twenty-six home runs, ninety-two runs driven in. He had an eight-fifty OPS. Um, and, you know, he's had a fine career: uh, three-sixty-six on base, four-eighty-five slugging, one-thirty-one OPS plus, which was solid. But Bo Bichette's one hundred and two runs driven in. You know, twenty-nine home runs, thirty doubles, twenty-five bags, stolen bags. Um, that that made it difficult for me. Um, but but when you're looking at the whole packages as to who brings it all, because it's not just about runs driven in, because you've got to take into more kind of account, because if you're, if, if you're a leadoff hitter, you're going to have less opportunities to to drive in runs than, than a three- or four-hole hitter, so a lot of it has to do circumstantial. It, does, it is a skill, driving in runs. Don't get me wrong. But when I'm looking at this shortstop position, if I had to pick three to narrow it down to, I'm going, for this season, I'm going Bo Bichette, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Trey Turner. Those are my top three shortstops. If you agree, disagree, let me know in the comments if you disagree with the top three. And then you can disagree with my top choice as well. And then I'm thinking Bobichette made this difficult, but to me it it comes down between Trey Turner and Fernando Tatis Jr. Terry Turner came over from the Washington Nationals in the Max Scherzer deal to the Los Angeles Dodgers and lit it up, 328 the batting average, 28 bombs, only 77 runs driven in, but he swiped 32 bags. He had an OPS plus of 9.11, OPS plus of 146. He slugged 5.36 because he had 28 home runs, 34 doubles. You mix in three uh, triples as well. In addition to the 32 stolen bases, he was all over the place, including, including, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, exceptional defense at the shortstop position. Fernando Tatis Jr. I, I know that the the injury I mentioned earlier that the missed time due to the injury didn't affect as much when I when I was looking at this award. That doesn't mean it didn't affect it at all. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. did win the Silver Slugger award, well deserved there. Um, but but Trey Turner and Fernando Tatis Jr. that this this is a tough decision. Because those are my final two, Tatis Jr. and Trey Turner. Even with the missed time, which brought him down a little bit in my eyes, it really did. Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. to me is still the the winner in the shortstop position, and he would get my vote for all MLB team. Fernando Tatis Jr., the San Diego Padres star, mega contract signee, Silver Slugger Award winner, MVP finalist, one of the most flashiest guys in the game. Plays the game with such flair, f- such a a joy for the game. Loves the game. He gets my nod. He gets my. He would get my vote for uh, all MLB team. Let me know if you think it's, it should have been Bobblehead. Let me know if you think it should have been Trey Turner, or let me know if you think it should have been someone else. Because uh, like I said, you could have all. all Six of these gentlemen, or excuse me, all 10 of these gentlemen um, definitely deserved it. Or You can make a case for all 10 of them. Um, you know that They were on the All-MLB team ballot for a reason. They all had really, 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 really good 2021 seasons. Uh, so that's going to do it for the All-MLB team portion of this episode. Finish up by talking about some Marcus Stroman some more, um, as he kind of sent Cardinal Twitter into a frenzy with some tweets that he liked. Um, I'm going to tell you in just a minute of why we... Probably should calm down just a little bit, uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, But I want to tell you right now, first and foremost, about BetOnline.ag. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball and football season. They have more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. That means there's more ways for you to win money. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit Join. By using the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N, that promo code again gets you a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online, of course, is where the game starts. The offseason is a crazy time. It always has been. And it's even more crazier when you throw in social media and things players say, things players do, uh, because Marcus Stroman hit the heart button on a couple tweets uh, that that made some Cardinal fans extremely happy. Um, He he liked to tweet. um, He's very, very, very outgoing on Twitter, very um, engaging a lot. He liked to tweet. Um, by KSDK News, a very good article on KSDK of, of talking about how Marcus Stroman to St. Louis could be the move that the Cardinals need to make happen. So now everybody's thinking that uh, Marcus Stroman is going to be a Cardinal. And like I said, I talked about him on a couple, um, couple episodes ago. I think it was last week that um, he would be a very good option. Marcus Stroman would be a solid option um, to be in addition to the starting rotation because there definitely is a need there in the rotation. You know, Marcus Stroman, Trevor Story, Luis Garcia, throw in maybe a, a Brad Miller, another left-handed bench bat. That that's a dream offseason scenario for the St. Louis Cardinals. But I just want to let you guys know. He I also saw stuff flying around that Marcus Stroman was liking stuff about you know about him going to the Yankees and and how he would look good in a Yankee uniform. So. Don't get super worked up about Marcus Stroman liking a tweet saying that the Cardinals should bring him to St. Louis. I'm not saying he's not going to come, but I'm also saying that him liking that tweet or him interacting them that way does not guarantee that he will come. Wait for reports to come in. Wait for insiders to, to, to break information to say, hey, Cardinals are linked to Stroman. Hey, Cardinals made an offer. Hey, Stroman's entertaining, etc., etc. I got more... Excited is not the right word. I, I I I got more from the report that Max Scherzer would entertain an offer from the St. Louis Cardinals more than I did seeing that Marcus Stroman liked tweets about articles about about an article saying that St. Louis should bring him in. The report about Max Scherzer seemed more truthful to me, and it's very likely, or it is likely, I should say, that Marcus Stroman comes to St. Louis and Max Scherzer doesn't come to St. Louis, even though that. You know, I I believe the report about Scherzer more than I have any interest or belief in Marcus Stroman liking a tweet. I understand that very real possibility. But I just... A warning, I guess I should say, or a word of advice is to not get your hopes up about Marcus Stroman liking a tweet that, in, in, all, in all honesty, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of him coming to St. Louis. If Marcus Stroman finds us on YouTube, finds us on a podcasting platform... That doesn't mean I don't think you should come to St. Louis. I think St. Louis would would love to have you, and I think that you would do very good in a Cardinal a uniform. You'd look good in a Cardinal uniform because everybody looks good in Cardinal red, and you would be a big boost to this rotation, Marcus Stroman. <laughs> um, and uh, you, you're a lot of fun to, to watch on Twitter, or, you know, pitching ninja and things of that nature. So he'd be a fun person to have around St. Louis. Um, so I'm not saying to, to discourage you to come to St. Louis, Mr. Stroman, um, but I'm just just giving my thoughts on uh, liking tweets isn't necessarily breaking news, um, but but still. Rumors are flying around, and we'll hopefully the, the, the stove will start heating up here as we move throughout November. We're already uh, 11 days away from December 1, uh, 12 days away, depending on how you count it, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but it's November 19th right now, December 1 uh, coming up here, uh, two Wednesdays from now. So it should be a good time as we get rolling into the off season, and hopefully we uh, have a collective bargaining agreement agreed upon on December 1 so we don't have a lockout. We will cross that bridge unfortunately if and when we get there uh, well, that's going to do it for this friday's episode again the other episode will be dropping out a little bit later on today talking about pitching catching and the outfield for the all mlb team um, and we'll break down that as well voting for that closes again at four o'clock today uh, so be sure to get your votes in before then um, follow me on twitter at lj fastball follow the show on twitter and instagram at lo underscore cardinals You can email the show as well at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Hit the bell on the YouTube channel to be notified when a episode is dropped as well as leave a rating on your favorite podcasting platforms. Until I talk to you the next time, whether it's a little bit later on today or whether it's Monday, uh, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.